following program is rated M for mystery, malfeasance, and mobsters, and may contain trace amounts of murder. True stories of history's forgotten detectives from across the 20th century. This is Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater! Dear listeners, I'm sorry to announce there will be no mystery tonight. For the sake of his mental health, C.H. Arles has taken a break from investigations and is visiting with an old friend, the Dowager Countess of, oh, let's say, Dorset, and her niece, Anna. This uneventful story, which in no way relates to murder, is ironically titled, Murder at Massacre Pines. Put Orpheus outside, won't you, C.H.? It's so fiercus, Countess. And now, what a pleasant and completely dull vacation they will spend together, full of mid-morning naps and tasteless English suppers. Oh, Countess, I can't even tell you how restful it is here at Massacre Pines. Restful? C.H., it should interest you to know that there are some very strange happenings about this house. Quiet rolling hills for miles. What my aunt says is true, Professor Arles. We believe the house is haunted. Calm blue skies. Look, that cloud looks like a ficus. I'm in terrible fear for my life. More tea, Mum. No, thank you. And perhaps some toast and jelly. I'd like some toast and I jelly. I need a few minutes' peace, Carruthers, to tell C.H. about the misfortunes that have befallen me. Perhaps you have some work in the kitchen. I assure you I have no better use for my time at present than to perch myself here and await your next order. Right beside you. Remind me, Carruthers, is it your life threatened by unseen forces that defy explanation? No, just me. Why don't you give my friend and me some privacy? Very well, ma'am. Did you say something else? Thank you, Carruthers. Very well. No, that's fine. I didn't want any toast and jelly. Now, where were we? Ephiacus wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high or veils and hills. Oh, yes! The haunting! It all began two months ago under a full moon. Countess, please. I've been the witness to two murders in as many months. I know I put on a brave face, but I simply can't handle another mystery at present. Are you sure, Professor? It's a very spooky one. Quite sure. Especially if it's a very spooky one. Very well. We'll say no more about it, will we, Aunt? No. No, I suppose we shan't. What shall we do instead? Do you have a jigsaw puzzle? And there you have it, listeners. C.H. Charles is not on the case. The only mystery this week is why this script has more pages. Philippa, you're back. And you've already had your tea. I'm only 75 minutes late. Miss Jepson, you may perhaps have confused massacre pines with the public houses of London, but here we dine on a fixed schedule. The car got a flat just outside of town, and since there was no spare, I had to run back and acquire a new one. I'm sure they won't miss it. Who are you? Philippa, this is Professor Arles. He's got very good hearing, so he must be very quiet and calm around him. Professor, this is my school chum, Philippa Jepson. She's staying with us for the season. Arles, eh? Are you the C.H. Arles who's been solving mysteries all over the countryside? No, not that one. Good, I'd hate to think that the old dingbat had dragged someone all the way down here for that haunting tomfoolery. Miss Jepson, this house has a maleficent force in it. 
Go ahead, then. Tell Mr. Oz all about your demon. Please don't. Very well, if you insist, C.H. I will tell you a tale that will make your hair stand on end. The mystery of the cursed wait at Betty Pie. <coughs> Several weeks ago, after a more than usually contentious discussion with Miss Jepson over hemlines, I elected to retire early that night. Carruthers, I elect to retire early this night. Of course, ma'am. I'll make you some warm milk and lay out your sleeping jewellery. If you won't be needing me, aunt, I've asked Crothers to drive me into town so I can attend evening mass and feed the poor at St. Bartholomew's. Talking of charity cases, look, here's Philippa. Poor blimey, governor. If you're going into town, why don't you give me a lift? I'm going to drink gin and smoke cigarettes. I'll probably make my way back by dawn unless I get into trouble and have to marry some cross-eyed dock worker. Your warmed milk, ma'am. Just lay your head back, you poor dear, and I shall spoon-feed you as though you were a wounded bird whom I was nursing back to health. <laughs> Thank you, Carruthers, but I don't need your assistance. The young ladies wanted you to drive them to town, and I immediately changed into my sleeping jewelry and went to bed. But the moment my head touched the pillow, I felt a weight on top of me. Pinning me down, I called out for help, but... <gasps> help! Goodbye, aunt. I don't know how long I lay there, unable to move, struggling to breathe. But after some time, it faded away. When Carruthers came to check on me, hours later, it was as though nothing had happened. I'm not even sure he believed me. Of course he didn't believe you, you batty old belfry. I'll tell you what, you just had an old person nightmare. Or maybe rigor mortis is getting impatient. What do you think, C.H.? It really must have been some evil force, yes? Oh, look! There was a jigsaw puzzle under my chair the whole time. Creatures of the Deep, 1,000 pieces. Now this looks like an adventure. Countess, perhaps Anna is too polite to say this, but I'm not. You are too old to be puttering around a house as decrepit as you. Even with Carruthers following you about all day like a lapdog, you'll wind up hurting yourself, and then you'll blame it on some fairy story. Mr. Arles, if you'd like to hear how things really are at Massacre Pines... I wouldn't. Let me tell you the curious case of the crazy Countess and her collapsing country estate. <coughs> We were all in one of the two cocktail lounges enjoying after-dinner cigars and brandy. I was regaling Anna with stories from my numerous adventures abroad. And standing in the doorway was the Swede from the day before, naked as the day God dreamed him up. <laughs> that boy could run. Tell another one, dear, dear Philippa. I saw a Swede once. It was Prince Nicholas and he was married to my great, great great-grand-cousin when I was a young girl in the dark ages. Mum, let me adjust your pillows and puff, puff, puff all nice and cosy for you then. And now if I may just lick your feet. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you, Mummy. Now where was I? Oh, yes. When I was a young girl in the dark ages, they used to burn witches. I barely escaped with my life. I have 10,000 books on it somewhere. 
And as the Countess was reaching for her boring history book, a shelf above her came crashing down. What in the name of Havisham? My pendant! Countess, look out! Oh no! I'll save you for Anna! It's a ghost! And I dove dramatically and pulled the withered husk of a Countess to safety. My hero. Think nothing of it, beautiful Anna. It's all in a day's work for Philippa Jepson, swashbuckling house guest. Ridiculous, that's not how it happened at all. Can you believe her nerve, C.H.? Philippa is right, Aunt. Perhaps the shelf was just a sign that the house is in disrepair. You should come live with us in our flat. Anna, go easy on the tea next time. You don't know what you're saying. Be careful what you say of Massacre Pines, Anna. As my only living relative, it will be yours some day. The falling shelf was not due to disrepair, but another proof of spirits. In the moment before the shelf fell, the pendant I was wearing, the pendant my husband gave me many years ago, this pendant I wear even now, floated up and hovered before my very eyes. Tell me, C.H., have you ever heard of anything so bizarre in your previous cases? Aha! So you are C.H. Charles, the famous detective after all. No, you must be thinking of another C.H. Charles. An Arles that isn't on holiday. My husband gave me this pendant when we were married. I was wearing it that terrifying evening when I was nearly suffocated in my bed. And then before I was nearly crushed by that enormous trophy... The pendant floated up to my eyes as if to say, We'll see each other again soon. C.H., I believe it is my late husband who's trying to kill me. Can anyone see any dark blue pieces? I'm nearly done the tentacles. Aunt, you're forgetting something. I don't believe the pendant could be responsible for your misfortunes. Listen, Professor Arles, for I shall tell you the bizarre thing that happened that one time at dinner. I'm not very good at titles. It was two weeks ago, and we were all having a nice time chatting over our meal. It's wonderful staying with you, Countess. I cannot help but feel as though we will be lifelong friends. Not friends, Philip, are sisters. We must always call each other sisters. Now you two. Don't forget about me. Oh, oh Anna, we, we both love you most, most of, all. of all. Squeal. Now, dear Philippa, please ring for Carruthers to bring the next course. No need, Mum. I've been in the hallway for some time now, keeping the pigeons warm with the heat of my own body, much as their mothers once did. There, with one sentence you've managed to make even pigeons sound unappetizing. You may serve, Carruthers. Of course, Mum. Then, as Carruthers served and we began to tuck in, a most extremely odd thing happened. Ah! Aunt, what's wrong? As my aunt picked up her cutlery, the knife, seemingly with a will all its own, suddenly tried to attack her. Somebody help me! She would have been stabbed through the heart if it hadn't been for that pendant. Still, she struggled until finally she managed to throw it across the room. It's a lucky thing you wore such a large amulet, Countess. Otherwise, you would have been sliced through. You are quite right, Miss Jepson. It seems that only by fortuitous coincidence have I been able to evade the persistent hand of death about my throat. And now, puddings for everyone! Huzzah! Do you see, Aunt, 
How can the pendant be trying to kill you when it was itself the instrument of your salvation? What do you say, C.H.? Is this spirit bent on my destruction, or only a vexing but ultimately harmless trickster? Countess, I mustn't. Truly, I wish I could help, but I just... I don't have it in me. I can't think straight. I'm a jumble of nerves. Two men have died inches away from me. I, 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 I can't work. I used to rebut my peers with an efficiency feared across Cambridge. Now I get confused when I try to read Euclid. Euclid! If I try to do anything more complex than this puzzle, I shall go all to pieces. I really must insist that you drop this immediately. Yes, I suppose it has been selfish of me to ask this of you. Forgive me, C.H. I'm sure everything will be all right. Tell you what, I'll ask her others to bring some more tea, and then we'll sit and finish this puzzle together, hmm? Thank you, Countess. I'll be right back. Girls, take good care of C.H. So as I said before, faithful listeners, there is no mystery this week. It's too bad. I, for one, would sure like to know what's going on. But I suppose we'll continue to be left in the dark, right after this word from our sponsors. Feeling jittery? Anxious? Fidgety? Nervous? Has your get-up-and-go risen and exited? Are you getting enough sleep? You don't look like you're getting enough sleep. Have a frog in your throat? Butterflies in your stomach? Magpies in your pants? Are you feeling afraid? Concerned? Apprehensive, uneasy, distressed, restless, uptight, bothered by excessive synonyms? Try heroin. And now we rejoin the Miss, the picturesque vacation of C.H. Arles, just as the Countess rejoined the lighthearted group in the sitting room. Carruthers will bring the tea in a mo- Oh! Arles, get a hold of yourself. I'm... I'm shot. But how? That gun that was mounted on the wall... It just leapt up and fired. I don't understand it. Anna, don't look. Come away from there. Why don't you telephone the doctor? And isn't there a police inspector staying with your neighbours? Yes, the plodder's son is visiting from Cambridge. Then telephone him straight away. I can't I can't deal with this right now. But, but you will get the doctor first, won't you, Anna? The inspector is only just next door. He'll be able to get here much faster. What happened, C.H.? How can a pistol fly off the wall, aim at me and fire, all on its own? Countess, I I don't know. In my state, I couldn't even begin to guess at the reason, other than the perfectly obvious fact that the pistol was held up by three pegs. One went under the barrel, one went under the grip, and one inside the trigger guard. And when the gun was tugged forward, it fired, and the shock of it sent it flying off the wall, which under the circumstances would look exactly as though the gun had fired on its own volition. But beyond that, I'm as clueless as a babe in the wood. Except, of course, to say that whoever loaded the gun and created the mechanism by which it fired has been making attempts on your life for some time. I've telephoned the plodders. The inspector is coming right over. And the doctor? Oh, yes. I'll be right back. Oh! But, Professor Arles, you said something tugged the gun forward. But there are no strings or wires and nothing close enough to push it. Well, naturally, that would be the magnet. The magnet? Of course, the magnet that set your knife suddenly lurching towards your chest at dinner, and that reacted to your bed springs nearly crushing you as you lay in bed. The powerful electromagnet concealed in your pendant with, I assume, a switch of some kind masquerading as part of the clasp. And that's why you saw the pendant float right up before it brought down your husband's trophy and the shelf with it. I telephoned the doctor. 
He said he has an opening Tuesday at 10.30. Oh, for Christ's sake. Professor Alls, if you figured out all that with the electromagnet right away, why didn't you say anything until now? I I assumed you all knew. I couldn't understand why everyone kept skirting the issue. Electromagnet? What are you saying? I'll fill you in later, Anna. But you must tell us, Alls, who installed the magnet? I don't know. That's what I've been saying all along. I can't solve these complex cases. My mind is too addled. Why, it could be anybody. That is, anybody with access to the Countess's jewellery and who touched her within a few minutes of each of the incidents. Oh, wait, I've got it. It was the butler. Oh, I got it. I do beg that you all pardon the intrusion, but I happen to discover this here butler-looking fella trying to flee the beautifully cultivated premises of your ladyship. And I thought to myself, plotter me love. It's probably for the best that the entire household be brought together, seeing as how the lovely-voiced young lady on the telephone said there was an unexplained shouting. Is what I said to myself. That was an unexplained shooting, Inspector. The devil, you say. All the better, I suppose, that I apprehended this suspicious-looking character. Inspector Plodder, I commend your fortuitous timing. You may take Mr... Uh, the butler into custody for the attempted murder... No, wait, let me check. For the successful murder of his betters. I may go to jail, Arles, but I'm finally free. Free from a life of servitude. Free from the tyranny of awaiting the occasional request. Standing in the corridor listening for someone to mention a desire I could fulfill. You know, solving murders really isn't as strenuous as I thought. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've been craving pigeon for quite some time. Come along, Ophicus. Yes, I know you didn't do very much this week. That's hardly my fault. Well, I can't help it that electromagnets don't smell. Really? Like what? He... solved it. I legitimately thought that wasn't going to happen this week. I mean, they hand you a piece of paper that says there's no mystery, and who am I to disagree? I'm a very trusting person. It's like my mother used to say to me. Say what you mean, mean what you say, and watch out for men on tandem bicycles. I miss my mom. Well, I guess that's just the particular brand of the unexpected you can expect while enjoying Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater. Murder at Massacre Pines was written by Leet Stetson. C.H. Arles and Inspector Plotter were played by Leet Stetson. I've nearly done the tentacles. Mm. Anna was played by Kayla Whalen. What my aunt says is true, Professor Arles. Darn! Arles. The Countess was played by Lisa Kalisma Davis. Philippa was played by Polly Fakayev. Carruthers was played by Joseph Beebe. Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater is produced by Joseph Beebe and Theater Doubletake. Duotang Chesterfield wants to know, what's your favorite force? Magnetism? The strong nuclear force? The weak nuclear force? Love? Let us know by investigating us on the web at duotangmysteries.com. What about me? Next time... While attending an exclusive pre-opening party at the Empire State Building, Myrna Sinclair's evening is about to acquire an explosive demeanor. No one blows up my building. Empire State, on the next episode of Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater.